This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. <coughs> the Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in a speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us, then, what is your opinion? It is lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this? And whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. And that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That Gospel passage picks up right where we left off last week, so it's Matthew 22, 15 to 22 that we heard this week. To remind you, at this point in Jesus' public ministry in the Gospel of Matthew, he has entered Jerusalem and he is about to be killed and then rise from the dead to bring salvation to this world. Matthew emphasizes, and we've heard for the last several Sundays, the opposition to Jesus of certain Jewish leaders who end up having Jesus killed, not by any means all Jewish leaders, certain Jewish leaders. Matthew really emphasizes how wicked these people are. He focuses on the Pharisees. The Pharisees are probably the most influential sect within Judaism at Jesus' time. Remember the last couple of weeks we've heard and we've talked about a church. These leaders are supposedly of God. They're supposedly people who are very open to God. When they meet the Son of God, they don't know he's the Son of God, they not only dismiss him, but they hate him. They have the chance to get to know Jesus, to listen to his teaching, to witness his love in this world. They see tax collectors and prostitutes turning away from their sin and leading godly lives as a result of their encounters with Jesus. But these people, for a whole variety of selfish reasons, are adamantly opposed, viciously, homicidally opposed to Jesus. So the last several weekends, Sundays, we heard parables that Jesus gives directly to these leaders. He knows exactly where they're coming from. We heard the parable about the two sons, the parable about the tenants, and the parable about the wedding garment last week. So that's 14th verse of Matthew 22. 15th verse, where we pick up this week, Matthew says that those leaders, Jesus has been right back in their faces, they go off to plot against Jesus, to try to ensnare him through his words. See, one and only time that verb is used in the entire New Testament, catching a trap catching a snare. This is real life. Matthew again emphasizes the malice of these people. They're not just wrong. 
They're not just mistaken. They are filled with evil. They are freely choosing to live evil. These are horrific people. This is real life. This really happened when the Son of God became a human being. If you are aware of evil in this world, of evil around you, of people who try to trap other people in evil, this passage is for you. If you're unaware of that, boy, you're dopey, but pay attention to this passage anyway. So what I encourage you to do is pay attention not just to the big teaching at the end of it that Jesus gives, which is enormously important, but how the Son of God responds to evil people. If you are aware of evil people in your life who are trying to ensnare other people, how do you respond? Please pay attention to how the Son of God responds. So here is the background. The background is the Roman Empire, headed by the Roman Emperor, in Jesus' adult life, this is Emperor Tiberius, have occupied and subjected Judea, God's chosen people, the Jewish people's homeland, since 6 AD. The Pharisees, the group I just mentioned, are religious leaders who are absolutely opposed to Roman occupation of God's people. They're not in favor of revolution against the Romans. There are other Jewish people who are, but they are absolutely against this Roman rule. There's a totally separate group called the Herodians. The Herodians are people who are aligned with a very petty, very pathetic, very perverted, supposedly, they may not even be Jewish, leaders, the Herodian family dynasty, that the Romans make the local rulers of Judea. So the Herodians are just pathetic, nasty people. The Pharisees and the Herodians don't have anything in common until they start lining up against Jesus. Please note, wicked people often join up with other wicked people to do wicked things. Take a look around this world. People who are not aligned on other things, but when they have a common evil to do, they come together to do that evil. So the way they want to trap Jesus is there's a thing called the census tax. The census tax is imposed by the Roman Empire on peoples whom they subject. The census tax is paid once a year. Every man, woman, and slave, talk about insult to injury, every man, woman, and slave from age 12 or 14 through 65 has to pay this tax every year to the Romans. The tax is to live peacefully as part of the Roman Empire and to have the rights that come with being part of the Roman Empire. The census tax is one denarius. Quiz question. We've talked about denarii quite a bit. How much is a denarius? What's it worth? Blah, 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 blah. What's it worth? One daily laborer's full wage. Your labor, so it's minimum wage for one day's work. That's a full day of work. It's not the end of the world, given the entire length of a year. So what they're going to ask Jesus is, what they do ask Jesus, is it lawful, meaning according to God, not about civil law, is it of God to pay the temple tax to Caesar? Oh, wait, wait let me throw in here. The denarius, the most common denarius at Jesus' time, you have to pay it in the denarius, the Roman coinage. It has the image of Tiberius Caesar, the emperor, and it has an inscription that says, 
Tiberius Caesar, august son of the divine Augustus. Absolutely ridiculous. On the other side of it, there's an image of a seated woman who may be his mother, whom I'm sure is a lovely person, or the goddess of justice or the goddess of peace, false gods, and it says high priest. It's like the most obnoxious coin on the planet to a faithful Jewish person who believes in the one true God. So the question to trap Jesus is, is it according to God, is it lawful to pay that census tax to Caesar or not? If he says it's lawful, Jewish people who are absolutely against the Romans will probably turn against Jesus. If he says it's not lawful, then hopefully Jesus will get in trouble with the Romans. In 6 AD, there's a man named Judas the Galilean who leads a tax revolt, and the Romans respond with appalling brutality. So they're trying to get Jesus. You got to say this or that, get him in trouble, maybe get him arrested, hopefully get him killed. You with me, with me, or with me? All right. So these evil people, wicked people, one of the ways you know they're wicked is they lie from the get-go. They say, we know you are a person who speaks the truth. Teacher, they call him teacher. They don't believe Jesus is their teacher. They don't believe he speaks the truth. You are a person who, who teaches the truth. Tell us, in your opinion, is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Another note about evil people, and there's a lot of this in this country these days. I'm so shy with my opinions. You tell me this or that. You've got two choices. Take a position, my position or the other position. No, no, no. Life is not more complicated. There are two choices you've got. You are with us or you are against us. Make the choice, one opinion or the other opinion. So how does Jesus respond? Number one. He shuts up. He clearly reflects on these people. He does not speak immediately. I presume he talks to his father about the, it's not the beginning of this. He reflects on who these people really are. He clearly knows, the scripture writer says, their malice. He knows that they are evil people. Is that the way you respond to evil people at first. Of course not necessarily. Shut up. Don't go talking. Don't go gossiping. Think. Talk to God. Maybe talk to a trusted spiritual companion or guide. Assess these people. Is this my emotional reaction? What is really going on here? Can I identify these people as doing evil because I recognize they are going against God's truth. First response to evil people, shut up and reflect. Number two, and I can't push this on you more than I will push this on you because this is, I'm projecting onto you. Jesus says in one question who these people are and that he knows where they're coming from. He says back to them, why are you testing me you hypocrites. One affirmation, one sentence that is a question about them. I push you, I push you, I push you on this. No gossip, no chit-chat, no phone calls, no texting, 
no posting on social media, no getting obsessed about this, in one statement, that's a question about them, acknowledge the evil of these people. If you have any tendency to vengeance, meaning if you have a drop of Irish or Dominican blood in your body, this is for you. When I want to respond to evil, it's often with evil. I can stay up all night thinking about the list of things I can do. I can spend all the time in the world talking to everybody else. When I take this literally, I've got to put it into one affirmation in the form of a question to turn it back on the people. Boy, do I often get under control by God. Number three, Jesus then enters into the situation, completely rejects the trap, and affirms the truth. He says, show me the coin. They take out the coin. Hey, interesting. I want to get Jesus in trouble because this coin is offensive to some people, yet I've got the coin in my pocket. Maybe kind of dumb people too. But at any rate, they show him the coin. Whose image is on the coin? Caesar's image. Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. That coin is literally owned by the Roman Empire. It's owned by Emperor Tiberius. It belongs to him. Pay it back to him. Do you get this? Jesus does not enter into their trap because there is no answer to their stupid, offensive question. It's not it's or that. It's not according to God or totally not of God. Jesus affirms what Christians end up believing until today, limited cooperation with an evil government. It's not the end of the world to pay the tax. It is not a good thing to have the Roman occupation. But life is a lot more complicated than just this or just that. Jesus avoids the trap and affirms the truth. Fourth and finally, Jesus gives them the key teaching. Pay, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. What belongs to God? Everything that's good. What percentage of you that's good belongs to God? Okay, I'll give you choices. 16, 43, or 100%. Maybe 16. 100% of you and I belongs to God. Everything that's good about us is a gift from God. 100%. That little coin has the image of Caesar. Give it to Caesar. You are created in the image and likeness of God. Repay, give back to God all that you are. This is the big teaching, and this is what guides people who listened to Jesus 2,000 years ago and today. Focus on giving your whole self more and more to God by loving God and loving other people. The more you repay to God yourself by living love, Everything else falls into place, including the stupid Romans, including the evil people, including everything else. If you focus on that, what you owe to others falls into place. So I encourage you to reread and just focus on that passage this week. Definitely about the key teaching at the end, living in a world that is often so not of God. 
and definitely how Jesus handles evil people. I'm going to repeat this, and I will be quiet. He does not speak at first. He reflects. He responds to evil in one sentence, a question about the evil people. He avoids the trap completely, and he speaks the truth. And finally, he offers a much bigger truth. He lifts all this garbage to a much higher level. He enters into the evil. He is not affected by the evil, but he lifts the conversation higher to God's teaching. That is, in an evil world, how salvation is meant to unfold today. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.